باب في الختان وبه قال حدثنا وبه قال حدثنا سليمان بن عبد الرحمن الدمشقي وبه قال حدثنا سليمان بن عبد الرحمن الدمشقي وعبد الوهاب بن عبد الرحيم الشجعي قال حدثنا مروان قال حدثنا محمد بن حسان قال حدثنا عبد الوهاب الكوفي عن عبد الملك بن عمير عن ام اتيه الانصاريه ان امراه كانت تختن بالمدينه فقال لها النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم لا تنهكي فان ذلك احدى للمراه واحب الى البعد قال ابو داود روي عن عبيد الله بن عمر عن عبد الملك بمعناه واسناده قال ابو داود وليس هو بالقوي باب في مشي النساء في الطريق وبه قال حدثنا عبد الله بن مسلمه قال حدثنا عبد العزيز يعني ابن محمد عن ابي اليمان عن شداد بن ابي امر بن حماس عن ابيه عن حمزه بن اسيد ابي اسيد الانصاري عن ابيه انه سمع رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يقول وهو خارج من المسجد فاختلط الرجال مع النساء في الطريق فقال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم للنساء استاخرن فانه ليس لكن ان تحتكن الطريق عليكم بحافات الطريق فكانت المرأة تلصق بالجدار حتى أن ثوبها يتعلق بالجدار من خلقها به وبه قال حدثنا محمد بن يحيى بن فارس قال حدثنا أبو قتيبة أن داود بن أبي صالح أن ابن عمر أن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم نهى أن يمشي يعني الرجل بين المرأتين باب في الرجل يسب الدهر وبه قال حدثنا محمد بن الصباح بن سفيان وابن الصرح قال حدثنا سفيان الزهري عن سعيد عن ابي هريره رضي الله عنه عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم يوذيني ابن ادم يسب الدهر وانا الدهر بيد الامر اكلب الليل والنهار قال ابن الصرح انا ابن سيد مكان سعيد വസ്സലാമ <coughs> من سلك طريقا يلتمس فيه علما سهل الله له به طريقا الى الجنه وكما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم most respected علماء الكرام and fellow students this is my good fortune to be included in the barakah and in the blessings of this mubarak khatam that the kalam on the hadith inshallah the ustad will complete that inshallah we will just discuss is something of a general nature which relates to me relates to all of us present in terms of our acquiring ilm what is our object what is our purpose and what are we to be doing with this ilm after having acquired it especially the colleagues that are now going to be completing graduating 
So these are the few things, inshallah, which we will make mudakar of. Revise these few lessons, which you have, alhamdulillah, heard repeatedly from your Sadhguru And these are things that we have to continuously keep discussing, repeating, revising, refreshing, so that these lessons stay at the front of our minds and keeps guiding us forward to that which is supposed to be our direction. This is the first thing that this great good fortune that Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with. Out of the thousands, rather millions of people Allah Ta'ala has selected, you for the sake of acquiring the knowledge of El, knowledge of Deen, El of Deen, this is something which cannot be equated with anything else. Everything else is secondary. Nothing can come close to this great na'mat, this great blessing of Allah. And this is something we need to make shukr for. What is the shukr of this great na'mat and favor? The first shukr is that it be acquired in the way that it is meant to be acquired. And the first step of acquiring ilm is taqwa. To the extent a person will acquire this ilm with taqwa, Allah Ta'ala will bless him with ilmul haqiqi. The ilm, one is ilm which is on the lisan, on the tongue. That is hujjatullahi ala al-ibad. That becomes the testimony against the person on the day of qiyamah. Allah Ta'ala save us and protect us. And the other is that nur, that light which is in the heart, which illuminates the heart and guides the person forward. So that is the end that we have to be acquiring. And that comes with taqwa. To the extent the person has acquired taqwa, to the extent the person is conscious of Allah wa ta'ala, avoiding those things that Allah ta'ala has forbidden, then to that extent this nur settles in the heart. The very famous couplet of Imam Shafi Rahimahullah Shakawtu ila waki'in su'a hibdi fa'awsani ila tarkil ma'asi fa'inna al-ilma nurun min ilahi wa nurullahi la yu'ata li'asa This is something which every student is sure to know by heart and something that we should be reminding ourselves of daily that this nur that comes from Allah Ta'ala's side is what we have come to acquire. And those who acquired this nur, then they built up entire, not just communities, but entire countries. And this nur spread far and wide in Ummah. If we consider that this Darul Nur, this madrasa, is a branch of Darul Nur Deoban. This is where it's all linked up to <coughs> initially, and then it goes further from there. So this Darunum Dioban started off with one Ustad and one student. One Ustad and one student under one tree. There was no building, there were no facilities, there was no luxuries and comforts in which the students were <coughs> studying. One student being tutored by one Ustad, and under a tree. But this was being done with this nur. This nur was being acquired. And that nur spread and has come to this point and throughout the world. And 
the hundreds of students that have graduated over the years, in this madrasa alone, this is all the fruit of that same seed that was planted at that time. But that seed was planted with that ikhlas, with that sincerity, and that ilm was acquired with that devotion. That ilm became a means to amal, and as a result, this then spread. <coughs> ilm is meant to bring amal. Unfortunately, sometimes for us, the ilm becomes a means of preventing us from amal. <coughs> this may sound very strange that how can ilm prevent from amal? We get into the technical classifications of things, which become sometimes a barrier because of the lack within us that becomes a barrier from amal. For example, a person has learned the classifications that this is farad, what is the meaning of farad, what is wajib, what is sunnah, what is mustahab, what is nafil. So now the one is a technical classification, but then in our minds and hearts what becomes the situation? Well, this is sunnatul ghair mu'akkada, this is mustahab, this is nafil, so it means that you don't have to do it. So, you don't have to do it, that's it, finish. So, in our mind, something is sunnah, which means you don't have to do it. <coughs> Technically, that might be in its place, but for the sahaba kiram, sunnah meant you must give your life for it. So, what a world of difference the two have become. See, well, this is not sunnah to Makkadah, so it's fine, we'll leave it. Whereas in the Hadith Sharif, the aspect that is being highlighted in the Hadith of Bukhari Sharif, which you have completed, Man adali waliyan faqad adam tuhu bilharb. And thereafter, Allah Ta'ala says, Hadith al-Qudsi, Wa ma taqarraba ilayya abdi bishayin, ahabba ilayya min maftaratuhu alayhi. The greatest thing that a person can perform are the faraid. And then, وَمَا يَزَالُ عَبْدِي يَتَقَرَّبُ إِلَيَّ بِالنَّوَافِلِ حَتَّى أُحِبَّهُ Then a person continues getting closer to Allah Ta'ala by means of the nawafil. <coughs> Something is mustahab, then for us it is, well this one yeah, you can leave it out completely, it is okay. Whereas mustahab comes from hub. And a person who will not take that which is mustahab will become mahbub. Mahbub to Allah Ta'ala. In this hadith sharif, the same thing is being explained. That he continues getting closer to me by means of the nawafil until I then love him. He becomes my beloved. When I make him my beloved, then I become his ears with which he listens. I become his eyes with which he sees. <coughs> I become his hands with which he holds. His leg with which he walks. Hadith of Bukhari Sharif. He becomes mustajabud da'awat. He asks me, I grant it. He seeks my protection, he's got it. He becomes Mustajabu Dawat. He becomes the Mahbub of Allah. Who's what? 
is Nawafil. So Nawafil in our mind is that if you don't do it your whole life to leave it, so it doesn't matter, you're going to do it. This is out. That is out. Whereas aim was supposed to bring the Amal. That this Nawafil is going to take me closer to Allah. So I should not miss out anything as far as I can. The Maha Jamshir Sahib passed away a few days ago. Past 90 years old, one of the very senior most people in the Merkaz Ibrahim of Dawud and Tabliq. So he was a Mudarris in one of the mothers are there. This is something I heard from somebody who was first hand aware of this. And how he became very deeply involved in the work of Dawud. Mashallah, he was involved in the effort of Deen. One day he came to make wudu. And just at that time, somebody else had already just come and sat down to make wudu as well. So, as this person sat down to make wudu, a simple, ordinary person, and he put his hand in his pocket to look for his miswak. So, then at that moment, as he looked for the miswak, he realized that miswak probably fell down somewhere or whatever. So he was now, obviously the time wasn't available to go and find another miswak somewhere. So he was very grieved about this. So at that, that ah, involuntarily came out of his heart. Now I'm going to have to make wudu without being able to use the miswak because my miswak has fallen away somewhere, I've lost it. Now he didn't know who's there, who's observing, who's sitting. At that moment that ah came. So this became like a bolt on the heart of Hazrat Mahajamshet that this is an ordinary simple person. What brought this sorrow and grief in his heart upon not being able to use the miswak at this time? <coughs> After all, what is it that gave that kind of feeling within him that I should be performing every sunnah, I should be trying to fulfill everything in the way that Kabi Salaam has taught, and now he is not going to be able to do it on this one occasion, it has pained him so much. I know this person from a long time, what has changed? Then he was told that, well, this person also went out for 40 days or whatever, and Alhamdulillah, this brought this transformation in him. That this has become the level of his consciousness. And that became the point of his getting deeply involved in the work of Dawud, together with whatever else he was doing. The lesson in this is that many a times those who are who we refer to as awam nas but they have sometimes that fervor that should be to a greater extent in those who have the ilm of deen to be putting into amal those things that we have learned and not being getting into the technicalities which become sometimes the technicalities and the classifications, all this is in its place. All this, there's a need for it because the rule of sharia has to be maintained. Something that is mustahab cannot be elevated to the point of wajib or fard. So all these things are necessary, but not where it becomes a barrier within us from amal itself. And these amal are the fuel that fuel up the ruhaniyat in a person. It must be hard that we have to recite Hazrat Sayyidina Ali Ta'ala 
a very well-known hadith, Nabi Salaam came into his house on one night when after Fatima radiallahu went to inquire if Nabi Salaam would be able to give them a slave to help in the chores. Then the incident, eventually Nabi Salaam came late at night and then he said to them that should I give you something better, something better than a slave. Now who is requesting his own daughter, the queen of Jannah? Which father doesn't have the feeling for his daughter? And not that at that point in time, it was not within the capacity of the Islam to make this available. It was in his control. Those slaves that had come were in his control. The Islam was saying, should I not give you something better? Give you what, what is better? So the Islam called them the Tasbih Fatimi. 33 times Subhanallah, 33 times Alhamdulillah, and 34 times Allahu Akbar before going to bed. So now this was taught. Nali <coughs> later on says that from that day, now in our hearts and minds, that now is this fard or is this wajib? What is this? Ali says that from that day that Nabi Sallallahu gave us this, I have never missed it one day. So the person who is speaking to him, he asks him, or who one of the students asks him, that not even on the occasion of Sifin, the occasion of Sifin, there's a battle being waged, and if you are the commander-in-chief of your army, and in the midst of a battle, and when you rested for the short period of time, in that, on that night also you didn't miss it out, you didn't leave it, this is not even on the day of Sifin. From the day I got it, was that is it. Now this has become a lifelong thing. One Sahabi says, from the day I heard the Mish Lawson saying, person who performs trial rakats, this is referred to as the Sunnatul Mu'akkada. In the day, Allah Ta'ala will grant him an abode in Jannah, palace in Jannah. From that day to today, I have never missed it out. Now this is ilm, which becomes the noor. And then, with ikhlas, this then becomes the light for others to also find the path. So this ilm, this is a great bounty, great favor from Allah Ta'ala. But this requires that it takes a person, drives a person towards Amal. So we were talking about actually that this ilm being acquired in the manner that it is meant to be acquired. That is the first sugar of this ilm. So that is with taqwa, with adab. To the extent that ilm is acquired with adab, with respect. To that extent that ilm gains barakah, gains blessings. The barakah that comes in it then becomes a means of benefit to oneself and that barakah that comes in that ilm becomes a means of benefit to others as well. Allama Anwar Shah Kashmiri Rahimahullah, the Ustad of the Asatida of Deoban. So once somebody asked him that what made you Anwar Shah? In other words, you became this Allama of the Zaman, walking library of the time. What made you this? And there were others who were your colleagues who also had great amount of knowledge, but we don't even have any indication who they are, where they were. What made you this? What made you Anwar Shah Kashmiri? So he replied and said that Adab. Adab made me Anwar Shah Kashmiri. Lama Sahib, is saying, Adab, respect me. He says, well, respect, others used to also have this Adab. Yes, they also had it. Now, obviously, he is giving a lesson to somebody, so 
Sometimes it becomes necessary to explain things more clearly. It's not a kind of self-praise, but now somebody wants to learn something. So out of وَأَمَّا بِنِعْمَةِ رَبِّكَ فَحَدِّثِ He's explaining this. He says, Alhamdulillah, I never ever touched any of my kitabs without wudu. Ever. Any kitab, let alone any darsi kitab. I've never touched any kitab without wudu. And I never made a kitab subservient to me. <coughs> For example, now this is not that if somebody out of some, he's tired or he's not well, so he did it, he'll say something is, uh, he's committed some haram or some sin. But other be something that the more sugar you put in the milk, the sweeter the milk becomes. There's no limit to how sweet you can make it. And accordingly, the benefit will come. So that is now every person's own choice, how high he wants to take it. And there's no limit to it. He says, I never ever made a kitab subservient to me to the, the point, in the sense that I was lying down and I made the kitab come towards me. I also, I always brought myself towards the kitab. That level of adab, others also had adab, but that level very few had. And that made me whatever you say I have. This was the level of adab, the adab for the kitab, the adab for the asatizai kiram, the adab for the madrasa itself, the adab for the pen. One person entered the toilet and then he rushed out in a haste. So somebody asked him what happened, you just went in and you rushed out. So he says that, well I walked in and at that moment, now in those days, the pen was this reed pens which had to be dipped into that import. So often you get these spillages happening. So he says, when I just walked in, I didn't notice this drop of ink on my finger, on my nail, fingernail, which I hadn't noticed. So immediately I walked out to clean this first, because this too is an instrument that assists in ilm, in acquiring ilm. And therefore this is not in accordance to the other that now it's exposed on my hand and I'm taking it into the toilet. So I came out first to clean this off so that this is not disrespected. Now those who acquired ilm with that other, then one person became sufficient for entire areas. One person became the means of guidance and hidayat for thousands. But this was the effect of the noor that came in. There are two outside there in the world. There are numerous challenges, huge challenges. And from every direction the challenges are increasing. And the fitnas that are increasing. How are these fitnas going to be combated? So one is that we have to have very firm ilm. That is obviously essential. That the ilm will be very firm. And a person acquire ilm with complete understanding, with basira. But that ilm meaning the knowledge itself that won't combat anything until the life doesn't come into that knowledge. The knowledge is essential. But that life and soul must come into that knowledge, which is the Ruhaniyat. So if that line is there, but that line is just the form, it's a stuffed line. So a child also knows that this is a stuffed line, this is only surah. There is no hakikat in it. Then the child also puts his hand in the mouth of that line. 
and he's feeling the teeth. And how sharp are these teeth? And he's trying to twist the tail of that lion. He is poking the eye of the lion. But it's the real lion. Just that it, everything has been empty from inside and stuffed. So now because this has no life in it, even the child is now making it a toy. But if that is a living animal, it's a lion that has life in it, <coughs> then there must just be an announcement only that there is a lion on the loose. Where it is, we don't even know how far away it is, and every person is at the edge. Once, in one zoo, there was an announcement made that somehow a lion has become, has come out of its cage. So everybody please take cover. So at that time, one person who was there had also come to visit the zoo. He was very walking with great difficulty with his walking stick. When this announcement was made, people saw him running before everybody else. So the life came into him also. Because there was a living lion out on the loose. So this ilm, this is essential. But what will combat things outside is the ruhaniyat in this ilm. One is madhiyat. <coughs> Everything out there is materialism. And madhiyat will not be combated with madhiyat. <coughs> that we confine ourselves to means that if somebody has this technology, then we will get better technology to do things. And somebody has these type of means at their disposal, we'll get other resources. Whatever is within the limits of deen to be used, that is within the limits of deen that's in his place, but that won't do the job. The job will be done with ruhaniyat. Ruhaniyat will overcome maddiyat. The spiritual uh, strength will overcome all this materialism. And one person with that ruhaniyat will overcome millions. So this is what we have to acquire, this is what we have to bring within ourselves. This ilm is a great gift of Allah Ta'ala. So this first level of shukr is that it be acquired the way it's meant to be acquired. Then, together with that, the shukr for this ilm is amal. That we bring it in our lives. And to the extent we bring it in our lives, this ilm itself will increase. مَنْ عَمِّلَ بِمَا عَلِمَ وَرَّثَهُ اللَّهُ عِلْمَ مَا لَمْ person who practices on what he has learned, Allah Ta'ala will grant him ilmul wahbi. The ilm which comes without even kitabs. It comes directly from Allah Ta'ala. It comes directly into the heart. This is an ilm which a person cannot get in the between the covers of books. So that is also part of the shukr of this great gift. Then the third thing is that then to pass on this ilm to others. So the person who Allah has selected for this, that he has been given the tawfiq and the opportunity to learn the Quran Sharif, learn the meanings of the Quran Sharif, and now he is being engaged in disseminating this knowledge. There is nobody that is doing anything better than him or anything close to what he is doing. And this is something we must have with full yaqeen. The best among you is the one who learns the Qur'an and teaches it 
No matter what a person may be doing elsewhere, it is nowhere close to the person who is engaged in this. So this too is a very major ingratitude. Allah Ta'ala has blessed somebody with ilm and with the opportunity to be engaged in ilm and he looks out in the world and thinks somebody else has is better off than me, somebody else has been blessed more than me, not with a sense of pride, but out of a sense of shukr. We have to be well convinced in the depths of our hearts, Allah Ta'ala has blessed me more than everybody else out there in the world who is engaged in anything else. <coughs> and to keep reminding ourselves of this reality, that this is the greatest ni'mat, which Nabi Islam himself is clearly explaining to us, Khayrukum, man ta'allam al-Qur'ana wa'allam. Dunya is a very small place, and a very temporary abode. There would be some challenges, but those who undertook the challenges, Allah Ta'ala used them. We cannot imagine it, but <coughs> there are challenges, the sacrifices that were made right from the very beginning, but just something that's closer to us, for us to understand. Alhamdulillah, this work of Dawud and Tabliq that has spread far and wide, and which has become the means of thousands of people's lives, hundreds of thousands of people's lives changing for the better. But what sacrifices came around from this? Where did this emanate from? So this was, there's much to its background, but on one occasion, in Nizamuddin, Mullah Wali Masjid, but this is also running there, jointly with everything else that was taking place. Time came when there was nothing to pay the asadiza, no salary. The gathered all those cards. And he said to them, the book, there isn't anything that is available to pay anybody the salary. So everybody, I am giving you complete ijazat. You have my permission that you are free to you do not have to feel obligated in any way to remain here. You are totally at liberty to go elsewhere, wherever you might be able to find some employment or whatever. And I have absolutely nothing to be able to pay anybody. So you are all now at liberty. I have no, nobody has to feel obligated in any way. So after he put forward this whole thing in front of them, the Asatiza then unanimously said to him that if we have to, there is a hold, there is a pond, that if we have to remain here and survive on drinking only the water of this pond, we'll remain here, we'll be nowhere. So this carried on. One day, Muhammad comes out and he sees some little dough, this flower, which was made into dough in the hand of his son, the Muhammad so he became very uh, concerned immediately and he was annoyed and he came and he very uh, he asked him, where did you get this from? His immediate concern was that did you go and beg this from somebody, ask this from somebody, did you go and disclose the condition somewhere? <coughs> he replied and said, no, no, I didn't ask anybody. He was a little child at that time, young boy. You see, the containers, it used to come, the flower used to come in this uh, containers or something. So he sees the very corners, that little little flower that gets left in the corners. I scraped all that out from all these empty containers that were here. The empty containers, 
all the corners, I scraped out this flower, little, little from each one, and I gathered all this together, this little dough came together, so I'm going to make a little roti for myself. Now, can we imagine this level? On that occasion, he began tearing, then he went to into his room. And for a long time he remained behind the locked doors. After some time he came out. And when he came out, then he said, I have managed to get this now. That inshallah in these four walls there will never be poverty again from Allah Ta'ala's side. And anybody who has seen the place, let alone poverty, the risk of how many thousands is coming via that door. People come and eat on the Dasar Khan daily, hundreds of people. And Allah Ta'ala makes it carry on. But behind these things, there's a lot of sacrifice. Last night, we were discussing something with Allah Ma'ikiram. And at that time, one incident came to mind, which I heard directly from Muhammad Ma'a Abdul Haq Mujisabhullahi, who was the first chairman of the committee of Dalgun, Newcastle. And he had mentioned that the school in Durban, the Orion School, it had just perhaps started at that time or whatever, and they had invited Hazrat Ma'a Qasim Sema who was based somewhere in Washbank or something at the time. They asked him that he must come and take up that position and the post that they were offering in the Islamiyat. And at a salary far higher than what he was perhaps getting paid where he was based, in a little small town. So he replied and said that, look, in this entire vast area, at that time, this whole modern Natal area, there perhaps was maybe one or two ulama. He was one and maybe one or two others. And in the immediate area of the few towns around, wherever he was, there was nobody else but him. <coughs> so he replied and said that, look, that in this whole area, there is no other alim. If I come away, then somebody has some dini need, somebody needs to ask some masla. Somebody needs to have the nikah performed, there's some inheritance issue, there's something else. So this will be all affected. So therefore there's a dini need for me to remain here. Whatever the sacrifices are, though it is more comfortable there, but I would remain here. And he declined the post. Now those sacrifices then transformed themselves into these great institutions that became the means of now hundreds, and over time, thousands of people taking benefit of it. And then this tree that is now bearing this, has the, the seed that brought about this tree, and the fruit of the tree now are further becoming seeds elsewhere. But it starts off behind the scenes with a lot of sacrifice. But those who make these sacrifices, Allah Ta'ala then make them the means of thousands of people benefiting. And dunya is dunya, they have now gone but they have left this legacy behind. They have gone and they have left such a wonderful legacy that today we are sitting here and taking inspiration from it. So this is the shukr of this ilm that we acquired the way it's meant to be acquired. Then this brings amal in it within us and then we spread it to others as well. This is the true appreciation for this great gift of Allah wa ta'ala. Allah ta'ala grant me also the tawfiq and all of us, Allah Ta'ala accept us for ilm, grant us amal, Allah Ta'ala grant us ikhlas, taqwa, and this ruhaniyat, and use us for 
the work of Deen, accept whatever efforts are being made. Allah accept the efforts of the Asatizai Kiram, the efforts of the students. Allah make this institution grow from strength to strength and keep its benefit continuing till Qiyamah. Allah make the means of Hidayat for millions to come. اللهم لك الحمد والشكر اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك انت كما اثنيت على نفسك جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو اهله ربنا وربنا انفسنا وان تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين رب اغفر وارحم واعف وتكرم وتجاوز عما تعلم انك انت الاعز الاكرم ربنا توفنا مسلمين وأنفقنا بالشهداء والصالحين غير خزايا ولا نداما ولا مختونين اللهم اغفر لأمة سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم ارحم أمة سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم تجاوز عن أمة سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك من نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم انت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوه الا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد واله وصحبه اجمعين والحمد لله